0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the fullest podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick. And today's guest is Kim Conti, who's the founder of the national nonprofit, non toxic neighborhoods. And she's also a director of Jane Goodall's youth service program. In November of 2015, Kim helped launch a campaign to raise awareness to protect her children and other Irvine residents of the city of Irvine's pesticide use. She worked with city staff to have the city of Irvine adopt a historic organically driven landscaping policy in February of 2016. Since then, Kim has assisted over 200 cities, counties, and school districts to ban glyphosate and take organic and regenerative land management policies and legislation online. Non-toxic neighborhoods has proven that you can have beautiful parks, athletic fields, and open space without the use of harmful and synthetic pesticides. And non-toxic neighborhoods and their advisors believe that it should be a basic human right that our children are protected from harmful and synthetic pesticides where they live, learn, and play. Hi, Kim.
1: Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, We love all of your products. Am I allowed
0: to say that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you so much. I mean, we test for glyphosate because a lot of companies um, don't, but we just started doing that. um, Just so because it gives me peace of mind, you just never know. And right. So yeah, it's nice. And, but I'm just so inspired by you and your work. And I mean, like, first off, I love the name non toxic neighborhoods. It's amazing. But, you know, I, I mean, I heard through my friend Tammy, who I mentioned to you, that you're local, I remember her mentioning that she was like, kind of working with you on trying to figure out what we're going to do here in Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that Zach Bush is an advisor of yours. So I'm just so curious, like being a mom is already just so much work. obviously. <laughs> so and you know, as moms who as you know i understand like you just want to give your child the best and so obviously when you learn about something you want to make sure that they're safe and and there's just so much data out there on the harmful side effects and and so many things that are associated with glyphosate that so many people don't know so i feel like um in this podcast i really want to talk about how you became aware of it
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: um and then really taking the step towards doing that the first time, which I'm assuming is what built your framework for deploying it in other cities. And I'm sure you get so much pushback, but I also see how incredible it is when you do. I mean, having 200 cities on board with, um, with non-toxic neighborhoods is amazing. So I wish my city was one. Um, and Me I did too, <laughs> yeah. And I think hopefully, eventually, um, every city will be one. So, yeah. Tell us, like, how did you, you know, come about the information? And most people
1: just don't know even now, right? So, I think you know, to your point, you know, as parents. We want to, you know, enjoy our children, keep them healthy, you know, just do what you're supposed to do to give them the best life possible. And um, we were lucky enough to live in Bermuda. I was definitely not thinking about Roundup or pesticides. My background is actually in traditional advertising and working on the Guinness brand of Ralph Lauren. And so what ended up happening was the country of Bermuda banned Roundup. And Bermuda is not a progressive country by any means. So, you know, that started having me pay attention to, you know, how our parks and where our children play are maintained. Yeah. And Bermuda also really was a a great place to understand how the EU protects just consumers so much more than the protection we get here. So when you buy products in Bermuda, Even if it's an American brand, it's free of parabens and toxins and harmful chemicals because they're not allowed to have the shelf stabilizers and those things. So when we had to leave Bermuda, I think it was a a great learning experience, you know, to, to understand how products, soaps, everything kind of is exposure points to our kids. So when we moved to California, I thought everybody's eating organic and surfing and you know, would be even more progressive than Bermuda. So when my son, um, he signed up for a running club and we found out that they just sprayed the turf here in Irvine with Roundup to show the children where to run in a circle. And wow. <laughs> that was the same pesticide that Bermuda had banned. So that was how I kind of fell into this. And um, in 2015, just concerned parents you know wanted you know our kids to be protected from these pesticides where they play. and I think we're trusting right as humans we trust that if a school district or if a city is utilizing something where the most vulnerable population is playing that clearly it's been proven safe to do so. and um, that that got us to work with the city of Irvine and then Irvine Unified School District to glyphosate And speed zone. Um 2,4D is the active ingredient in speed zone and it's probably the most dangerous pesticide that nobody really knows about. It uh is fifty percent of what makes up Agent Orange. <gasps> and <I know. laughs> that's what I said. So um and it the the unfortunate part, it's actually applied directly to the turf where the children come in contact, you know, with the grass and if if, you know your kids are like my, you know, just kids in general are just lower to the ground. They have hand to mouth behavior. They come in contact with their environment much differently than adults. So they're exposed more. So, um, you know, with this, it was a great win. And it was actually because, you know, I had no idea that Roundup and Speed Zone oh. were just commonly utilized, um, in city yeah. parks districts. So my boys, play baseball. They've played baseball, you know, since they could, or some form of it, since they could walk. My dad actually played for the New York Yankees. So we're, you know, really into sports as a family. And when I found out in Irvine that that's what they were using as a parent, I felt like I failed, you know, like we're trying to do them organic. We're trying to, you know, again, do all of the things as, as parents we can to keep them healthy and have them in a position where they can thrive. So I remember just getting to my car after I found this out, crying, calling my husband and saying, you know, like, we can't let the boys play baseball. <laughs> <We can't." Yeah. laughs> you know, like baseball is their, you know, such a huge part of their lives and they love it, but Aww. it puts them at risk. So how old were they at this point? So, Michael was in third grade and Trevor was in preschool. So, mm-hmm. they, they both were on their little baseball teams. And then my husband said, We'll, we'll fix it. I was like, <laughs> what? So, um, we were able to, you know, again, get Irvine to adopt an organic management um, policy February 2016, February 23rd. I remember that night very well. But unfortunately, we still couldn't let the boys uh, try out for all-stars because our advisors, um, Zach Bush, one of them, you know, I asked them, I said, okay, so if they're practicing in Irvine, if they're playing in Irvine, but they're also playing a few games in other cities, Costa Mesa, Newport, everywhere else, do we let them try out for all-stars or do we kind of try and work with other cities? And they said, well, do you want them to play baseball or not? (laughs) <laughs> do you, or do you want her answer or do you want them to play baseball? So then we worked, um, after the city of Irvine, the next city we focused on was the city of San Juan Capistrano. Uh, we found out that they were protecting the horses on the horse trails from Roundup, but they were still utilizing Roundup in the city parks. So that was, um, interesting. And that's kind of why we targeted San Juan Capistrano next. And then we went on to Tustin and Costa Mesa, and unfortunately, still, you know, after two hundred cities, we um, were all over the country now, thanks to our partnership with Stonyfield Organic Yogurt. We share that the three most chemically dependent cities that we've ever worked with are the city of Orange, California, the city of Newport Beach, Corona Del Mar, and the city of Sarasota, Florida. Wow! And, I mean, it's it was kind of shocking to work with the city staff in Newport, where I think the biggest shift since 2016 is that our focus is sharing with staff all the solutions. Like we have tried every possible organic control to control all pest pressure the landscape. So it's not just weeds, rodenticides, insecticides, everything like that. So we get products donated and you know, we want to make it as simple as possible for cities to make this transition. Yeah. And unfortunately, your um, the city of Newport Beach's public works director in the contract to the landscape contractors has a 0% weed tolerance. Oh my God. <laughs> right? I mean, that's not. Like, it. who cares about
0: weeds? Right? Like, exactly. It's so ridiculous. They're so obsessed with the aesthetic of things that they don't care that they're poisoning their people. Right. Is that the case you think for most of these cities? And also, like, I wanna take a step back really quick because how long did it take for you to have Irvine like implement this and basically be on board? In under a year. That's incredible.
1: And when we started this process, we had no idea what we were doing. We admittedly took the city to organic management, we called it organic by neglect. So once that was done, for us to be able to keep the policy online, we worked closely with city staff to make sure that they could get products registered for use in California. You know, again, we just assumed we're in California. Of course, there should be organic alternatives, but they're actually on the east coast. <laughs> so wow, we we did that. But you know, with with what happened with Newport and continues to happen is with a zero percent weed tolerance that means landscape contractors are then encouraged to over-utilize these poisons in the landscape. Yeah. Because if a city inspector goes to one of your parks and sees any weed pressure in a median, in a park, in a sidewalk, then the contractor is not paid in full that month. That's unbelievable. So we just really need the parents in Newport to, you know, demand that their parks are just as safe as the neighboring cities. You know, for now, I would suggest going to Costa Mesa and Irvine and Tustin where, you know, the kiddos and pets and residents are protected from these pesticides.
0: Hey everyone, I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about Prima. 75 to 90% of all doctors visits are for stress related issues. That's a huge number of conditions that can potentially be managed with lifestyle changes alone. Many of us are operating in survival mode, expecting our skin bodies and minds to thrive when we're running on empty. And that's why Prima is passionate about helping people manage their stress naturally with their range of products for mind, body, and skin. They're California based and also purpose led and have partnered with doctors to formulate products that specifically tackle this issue. Their products have also been clinically validated for skin, body, and mind. If you're interested in experimenting with CBD for daily stress, try Prima's The Daily CBD Capsules. Another way to incorporate CBD is as a sleeping aid. If you're in need of more restorative sleep and don't want to wake up groggy the next morning, their Sleep Tight is also an amazing way to improve sleep quality without the use of heavy meds. Prima is also offering our listeners an exclusive limited time 20% off offer with the code, the fullest, head to prima.co forward slash the fullest to start feeling better naturally. So when you say 200 cities, is it mainly, I mean, you said you talked about, um, you've been talking to Sarasota, Florida, so Mm -hmm. it's nationwide, but are you mainly in California?
1: Um, Not really. I mean, we have a lot of cities, and um, we've had a lot of success here. But we were lucky enough to get a quote and support from Jane Goodall, which like I we still geek out over. <laughs> yeah. When that happened, we were contacted by families from all over the globe. I mean, we have a non-toxic neighborhoods, Malta. We have tons yeah. of now in New Zealand, Australia. Um, so. When we first, when that happened, we put together a toolbox so we can empower any mom, any pet parent to give them all of the tools that they need to start the dialogue with wherever they want to work on cleaning up their landscape and getting rid of these pesticides. Um, So originally we focused on the warmer weather, you know, regions because there's no break from exposure. Yeah. dormant season. So where we are you know um, in Southern California we get exposure year-round so that's why we focused on Texas and Florida and those areas but just last month for Earth Month um, we flew out to Pennsylvania twice so we onboarded the city of Philadelphia last year and then just last month the city of Allentown and the city of Harrisburg and the cool thing I don't know have you heard of Rodale Institute? Oh yeah the, the uh, OG <laughs> the original gangsters of organic. I mean, it's the birthplace yeah. of that. and they're based in Allentown and they're partners of ours. And it was just amazing to work with them. And, you know, we're really working to get the city of Allentown to be the gold standard for the Northeast. And then we're working with the New York city parks department. And I, I think New York potentially is on board or has just on board. Is that true? Yes. They, they've, been great to work with, but it's just the first step because the major, you know, it's a beautiful first step, but right now it only applies to city parks. So oh. all of the open space, sidewalks, medians, everything else, they're still utilizing these pesticides. Um, so we still have a lot of work to do there, but at oh. least the parks are safe. Yeah.
0: So, okay. So what you're doing is you're starting with the parks, but it's basically banning it its use uh, like just indefinitely anywhere right
1: right and that's what irvine has where wow the city of irvine organically maintains all pest pressure so even in the medians our medians are organically maintained and oh my gosh like i mean (laughs) do parents like email you
0: and send you letters all day every day i mean it's incredible to be someone who's part of the change in that sense. Like I think just what you're doing it makes a huge impact on so many people, not just our children. I mean, people like cancer rates. I mean, so many things are
1: tied to this. Right. Right. And, and thing, if glyphosate is the, you know, as Zach, you know, Zach likes to focus in on, on glyphosate too. It's definitely the poster child um, of the pesticide, that everyone loves to hate, but unfortunately, it's just <laughs> one of many.
0: Exactly. I was going to ask you because you—I didn't know about what's it called—speed, speed zone two forty, speed zone two forty. I mean, so how many are you banning? Is it
1: those two, or is it a lot more? So we have um New York. New York State was our first statewide ban on glyphosate. So while that isn't everything we wanted it was a great first step because it's the first state to actually get that done right yeah so Cuomo signed it on December 24th of last year we were really excited but the goal is to ban all synthetic pesticides so yeah. herbicides are um a no-brainer because these poisons are being utilized for purely cosmetic reasons yeah. you know Exactly. It's not a vector issue. It's not, you know, a, a mosquito or rodent issue. So um, that is what we're now working on in the state of Idaho, where we're working with a senator. You know, and Idaho is very red state. <laughs> I know. And in California, I think people are surprised to learn that every city that has brought forward an organic policy, with the exception of um, the city of Carlsbad, has been brought forward by a Republican because wow. it makes sense. You know, it's, it's really a no brainer.
0: That's incredible. That's really interesting. Well also, but there's just so much backstory with, um, pharma and like Monsanto mm-hmm. and, and they support both sides, but really I think like just with my research, I, I started realizing that they're really supporting like the liberals uh, more, I don't know. I mean, it could be when I recently watched um, the documentary on the situation in Kauai. Mm-hmm. I forget, I don't know if you've seen it. Was that um, Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, the Pierce Brosnan one. I, I forget what it's called, but um, Poisoning, Par- Poisoning Paradise. I think yes, and um, I was just like, oh my gosh, they got a win. Oh no, they didn't. Oh my, I was so emotional. <laughs> And I was like, what is going on? So they cannot. And, and it really made me so th- what your work is so important to empower people. Because I mean, when I watched that documentary, I was like, so what you can advocate, you can get everyone together, you can get 1000s of people on an island together to say no to experimental pests. These are experimental pesticides, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like all of the above. Right. And, um, and they still just like all they could do was just say okay like however many yards from the school like at the end of the day because they got sued so i'm curious like are these is new york state or are these cities like they are bringing are they bringing up concerns of getting sued or is that not you know a possibility and then my i guess my second question also to follow that up with is is this being banned just by the government being like using it like can people use it in their
1: household Mm -hmm. Yes, and that that's preemption, and that's an issue. So, the first um, the first part of, of your question is is that, and to your point, in Hawaii, and we're working with with the uh, we have four different teams in Hawaii right now that pesticides don't respect boundaries. You know, Department wow. of Pesticide Regulation set, has it on their website that pesticides stay volatile for up to forty eight hours. You know, wow. so these buffer zones actually equate to nothing, you know, and the regulatory system itself is really what is flawed. And our advisors, um, at UCI, Bruce Lanfear actually was our first advisor and he created this video, um, called little things matter. And it really beautifully visualizes the accumulative effect of all of these pesticides. You know, like if you follow your child throughout the day, again, pre COVID and we're opening up now, but, you know, yeah. just, um, you know, what your neighbor is utilizing, what the school district's utilizing, what they're using indoors. You know, it's when we work with school districts, it's not about just protecting them out, you know, on the field where they're playing, but it's also protecting them indoors from, you know, different insecticides that are used and soaps and cleaning, yeah. agents. you know, cause the body burden is so great. You know, and now so many children are showing developmental delays. And um, the city of Orange, uh, Tammy, who your friend is, great friends with our friend Angela, and her story is is really heartbreaking. And to see the lack of action from the city of Orange is surprising from a liability standpoint that you touched on. So, what happened with Angela? Um, you know they. They had trouble, you know, What they didn't have trouble. They conceived Lily, this beautiful four-year-old. She's now a little bit older, but it took a while. So they, you know, they really kept her on a strict organic diet. They just wanted to just give her, again, the best um, environment possible. And just they they admitted that they're, you know, helicopter parents. Um, But what they did do is they, let her play in the city park that borders their house in the city of orange and, you know, just be a little girl and play with her friends and collect sticks and roll in the grass and, you know, run around barefoot. So when she went for her four-year-old wellness checkup, the pediatrician noticed some developmental delays and then uh, ordered lab work to be done from Great Plains Labs. And what? we found out was that this little four-year-old Lily was at the 95th percentile of glyphosate in her system. Oh my God. And then she literally was off the charts uh, with two D in her system. Oh. And you and know, this is someone with an organic diet who like yes. the
0: parents care about everything else, right? Like that's, it's so important to note that, you know, it's and
1: that that's, It's a smoking gun. I think it's it's been a huge, powerful kind of piece of what we provide with the with the toolkit is that you know how the city park is maintained is now directly impacting this little four year old, and it's in right. her system at these dangerous levels. We brought our advisor Bruce Bloomberg from UCI to meet with city staff, and we actually had the city staff. In Orange, share with us that they have to utilize 24 D and the turf to protect children's ankles from getting, you know, from getting a sprained ankle. And that's when Bruce Bloomberg, who is our, you know, very fiery <laughs> to the point <laughs> advisor, he said, "So let me get this straight: you're you're protecting these children's ankles, but putting them in danger of getting cancer." So yeah, and yeah, it they're got. They're got. It doesn't make sense at all, you know, and again, for cosmetic reasons, you know, when you, we've proven if you come visit Irvine, I mean, Irvine's stunning, you know, it's I know.
0: I always thought that Irvine was using, um, I mean, obviously they used to, but the fact that they haven't for five years, that's insane. Like,
1: I, it looks like they still do. <laughs> right. And they, you know, we're using goats. It took us a year to convince them to use goats. But now we're actually utilizing cattle for holistic plan grazing um, for the total. Wow. <laughs> <So, like, laughs>
0: I love it. I grew up in Laguna and um, I, so for fire management, they use goats and I love it so much.
1: Yes, there's be- they're so much. I mean, I would much rather see a goat than... Some applicator who's endangering himself, too. And the, yeah. uh, the environmental injustice with that has been pretty shocking. You know, we've witnessed in South Carolina, we witnessed this very pregnant uh, lands- landscape contractor mixing uh, Roundup without any PPE on, just pouring oh, it. Wow the bottle concentrate into the backpack applicator, you know, and Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's just, I think when you're dealing with landscape contractors too, um, we've been training them and working with them because they're the ones that are getting the most exposure. You know, they're the, front, and they're never, you know, when they go to their different Papa events and where they get their certifications, they're always, you know, given this narrative that these, you know, toxins are tools and that if you follow the label, that following the label somehow equates to safety, but it doesn't. And again, with our advisors, they shared really kind of the flaws with our regulatory system where an EPA registration number should never, um, it should be a red flag because the EPA, yeah. they don't even test the inert ingredients. They have the manufacturer do their own tests. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. It's
0: I mean, it, I think about that all the time too. With like what you said, these. I mean, it, I think about that with my household mm-hmm. and the products I use in my house and what I want the woman who comes to clean my home, I want her to use only the products I'm using. And I think about it all the time because I'm like, well, this is better for her. It's not just better for me and for my children. It's better for her. Exactly. And then, um, and, I, and so it makes me think a lot about all the professions that we have that people are just bombarded with these toxins, mm-hmm. whether it's you know, glyphosate roundup, like in the um, landscape contracting business, or h- household cleaners, or um, the nail salons, or hair salons, or co- even just like construction in general, and, and garbage, like removal, all of that, it's like, we're constantly, I've, all these people are constantly bombarded nice. by this. And then we wonder why our cancer rates are so high. Mm-hmm. and It's just, um, I think, people just need to open their eyes up to what's going on. And, and the fact that you not only opened your eyes, but you were like, let's just do it. I mean, it's so amazing. And, and now you're creating framework for other people to help you with. I mean, hopefully I can get on board with the Newport CDM stuff because I really do love living here, but yes, Uh, There's so many other things about California that are just like making me question um, living here in general (laughs) because there's just, it's like one after another, but I wanted to ask you, so I think Laguna actually is one of them, but um, one of the cities too, (laughs) but um, where would you say like out of all the cities, I know you mentioned where Rodale Institute is, but out of like everywhere in the country, do you happen to have a place that you think is like the healthiest place to live in terms
1: of like all these toxins? Um, well, okay. So I think what needs to be done is, and what is needed, because we've seen that when we work with cities to adopt organic land management, that the next um, issue is synthetic turf or 5G or um, conventionally maintained ag that is right next to an elementary school um, or a concealed asphalt plant like All-American Asphalt in Irvine that is in a designated nature preserve. So I mean, it's just wow. the, the so we think, you know, we're living in the safest city here in Irvine and from a pesticide exposure standpoint, sure, but not from everything else, you know, so uh, we have partnered with the Center for Democratic Environmental Rights. Uh, they're the group that gives rights of nature to you know, like bodies of water and, and things like that. And we created a policy for a children's environmental bill of rights because what's happening is it's, you know, fighting these issues and going to city council meetings, you know, having that dialogue. I think from a, Again, a pesticide standpoint, with the exception of your city, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it's really been so much more streamlined because again, from a liability standpoint, sometimes city attorneys are contacting us and now it's really city staff. You know, They just need the tools and the resources and you know, distributor information and product information and we give that to them. But when it's synthetic turf and it's all of these other issues, again, it goes back to the body burden on our children.
2: You know, yeah. it's,
1: it's with our regulatory system, it's becoming really difficult to protect them. So that's why we want to give local control back to uh, municipalities so they can have the authority to protect children holistically from all of these exposure points.
0: So, what, okay, so when you're dealing with synthetic turf, there's mm-hmm. just so many things wrong with synthetic turf. First off, I thought you would think that they wouldn't be spraying it because it's not grass. <laughs> right. So they're still spraying it. Yeah. And it's like taking up all the space and we're not able to sequest any carbon into it. Right. Well, regardless, we wouldn't be able to because of all the spraying. But then if there wasn't spraying. So do you guys try and get them to remove it? Or do you just try, you're just like figure out how to manage it without the
1: pesticides? So we we are against them completely uh, yeah. from a heat hazard standpoint of specific injury to athletes playing on this turf. But then environmentally, it's not just the infill that is is harmful. There's actually lead in the blades of the oh my God. carpets of plastic. So we have a um, – when our policy went in line – we already had synthetic turf in Irvine at the Great Park. So now they're organically maintaining synthetic turf, which is pretty ironic. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, still better than using Roundup, which Roundup is part of the maintenance plan that these synthetic turf companies give you. Oh, you yeah. Roundup on the turf. Uh, okay. But the city of Irvine has a moratorium because of the dangers of synthetic turf. But unfortunately... Irvine Unified School District installed them anyway, you know, and and that's that's the issue. It's the off-gassing, it's the, you know, it's the greenhouse gases like you touched on. All of these cities are working on climate action plans and they cannot be real climate action plans unless they factor in, you know, these toxic carpets that are blocking the ability to sequester carbon.
0: You know, I know. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's so many eco-friendly builds and all this stuff. And it's like, no, that's not, that's fake. So. And,
1: and your city just approved it. So your city council is installing synthetic turf fields, which, no. you know, it's unfortunate. And it's not, I mean, they are installed and the, the workers to protect them wear full hazmat suits. So oh my gosh. it's installed, how does it all of the sudden become safe for our children, you know, to utilize? And then even professional athletes, you know, they work really hard to get it banned. So the men's national soccer team have in their contracts, they they are protected from having to play on synthetic turf because of the injuries and the dangers.
0: Wow. So it doesn't make sense that they're installing them still. Exactly. but people don't 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 know they're like oh you don't have to water it like
1: oh (laughs) great i mean the the water they use to keep the temperatures down the water that they use to mix um the chemicals they need to use now because it's like a petri dish of bacteria and staph infections and with covid and everything else they're using very toxic disinfectants on top of just the, you know, the baseline issues of synthetic turf. God, it's so disgusting. See, we so just want I- to enjoy our kids and not, and not do this, you know, like Bruce Lanthier, our advisor, you know, our, our business plan for non-toxic neighborhoods is just to be out of business in 10 years, to not have any need for us at all because every park wherever you live is safe for your kids, you know, and that's what we need to work towards. I love that business
0: plan. <laughs> so our, okay. I don't remember if you answered this, but people are still able like to buy Roundup in the state of New York to
1: use in their yard or not? All right. yeah. So in in the States, um, because of preemption, you can go grab a bottle of Roundup at Target, 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 yeah. um, Home Depot, and you know, oh and they're not trained it's like your neighbors aren't trained on how to utilize these products, and it's marketed to all of us is safe. I mean, the Roundup commercials are still in high rotation, <laughs> which you know is is pretty frustrating. So, I think the win of getting um, glyphosate listed. Uh, on Prop 65 in California has really helped other states as well. And it's just also understanding that the products that you would be able to buy from Home Depot are more toxic than other variants, right? Because again, they're not testing the inert ingredients. We have no idea what the synergistic impacts are between the inert ingredients. And that's what these manufacturers like bear crop sciences claim is their secret sauce. So it's what makes the product stick. So the surfactant, it's the acidifier, it's all of those chemicals. Um, The avocado orchards here in Irvine, um, owned by the Irvine company, they use this product called Reaper, where it is a highly restricted, banned in other countries, insecticide where the active ingredient only makes up 2% of the product. 98% of that insecticide is inert and never tested for safety, but it's allowed to go to market. Wow. I mean, with that, it is it is just for agricultural use, but, you know, this is utilized in an avocado orchard that surrounds Northwood High School, you know, and, and these pesticides are not respecting boundaries. You know, we're seeing kids with issues with um, nosebleeds and, and other things. And it's, it's just, it's Gosh. these pesticides are invisible, but their impacts are not, you know, and that's what Lily's lab work proved. So it's, it's the pesticides that are being sold in the stores. Um, you know, that's why we, we don't want to support places like Amazon that, that are doing that. And Amazon, we've learned from other manufacturers are selling um, pesticides that are at very dangerous levels with the active ingredients. So I think just having people really kind of spend money companies that have made the right decision to move away from these pesticides is what needs to happen because if people are still shopping there and supporting it then you know they're they're not going to stop because they legally don't have to. There's a golf course distributor Harrels that they wanted to continue selling glyphosate-based products. But what was really interesting, their insurance company was going to pull their insurance unless they stopped.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And that's
1: like a nationwide or just like a little, like where's that? Harold's is is a national, they're, they're a very large, um, Distributor, And again, for golf courses, it's, you know, a lot of these synthetic um, harmful yeah. controls. But the good news, we have organic golf courses. So the city of Carlsbad is organically maintaining their par three or no, their municipal course. And the town of Palm Beach is organically maintaining their...
0: Um, no way. That's amazing.
1: I was going <laughs> to ask you because um,
0: I, I remember because I care a lot about medical freedom. And so I think like Florida and Texas are great places for that. But I remember like, I think Zach was saying just Florida uses a lot of pesticides, Um, but that's great to know that Palm Beach doesn't.
1: (laughs) And in Florida, so we have North Miami Palm Beach. We have so much activation going on there because of the algae bloom in 2018 and oh, I don't know what hap- what that was about oh uh, it was heartbreaking i mean i i was looking at pictures that were being sent to us and my little guy was behind me and it i mean it literally looked like the entire ocean <laughs> like everything in the ocean had died and come wow a there were manatees whales dolphins turtles it was heartbreaking
2: thousands
1: Whoa. of fish it was it was and And it was a good wake up call because Florida is very dependent on tourism. Yeah. If you can't swim in the ocean and, you know, all of the sea life is, is getting impacted. So that was a big moment where a lot of cities kind of worked on this. And then Palm beach, um, Bobby Lindsay is the, on the town council there. We love working with her. She is doing so many beautiful and amazing things for Palm Beach, and she never takes credit for it, but she's um, getting it done. I think she was on a a webinar with Zach and I last year just to share how positive this is for an elected official to bring forward. I know that, I mean, it
0: gives you hope because I think that, um, and I've had like my fair share of run ins with like just social. So I, I mean, it's a whole backstory. So it just sounds kind of weird when I just say it on a one-off. <laughs> but I've had like I've had like a PTSD moment where I'm like I don't trust anyone, and I just don't trust the government. I just don't trust anything. And I remember him saying to me like, you know, there are good people out there, and good people still work for these organizations. It's just a matter of finding them because it is like such a small percentage at this point. But they. It is possible and like when you do make those connections and you meet those people, it just gives you this sense of hope that we all really need right now and then it motivates you to keep, you know, going. And I'm sure for you it's like just, you know, huge, obviously.
1: Well it's it's just nice to see elected officials, you know, keep their word on things and bring yeah. things forward that might not necessarily be easiest, like when Linda Rosenthal in New York took this forward for the state of New York. But here in California, we're working with assembly member Bloom, Richard Bloom, (laughs) and we will send this to you. Um, So what we want to bring forward for the state of California is a ban on all synthetic herbicides. So non-selective, selectives, pre-emergence, post-emergence, because there are now so many proven and fiscally sound alternatives that there's no more excuse to keep allowing them, you know, in our landscape, in our soil, in our watershed. In San Diego, you know, we think we're having this positive impact in the park system and and other areas, but we are working with San Diego um, to ban glyphosate across all four of their departments And in working with them, we found out that 98% of their glyphosate use is utilized for roadside vegetation management. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, it just felt like a hunch in the stomach. But um, from that, we found a very beautiful alternative, which there's been a two year study done on it in Florida. Um, DOT was involved, Department of Transportation, where florida installed pollinator highways so native plants to benefit the native pollinators and right off the top it was 30 percent cheaper to switch to this type of roadside vegetation management wow and it's so much more beautiful than you know totally. broadcast was, applications of roundup
0: yeah i was just gonna say honestly every time i see like a uh, plant or a bush or something coming out from like the median like um when i'm driving on the freeway i'm like that is a fighter plant like i love it coming out like and against all odds and it it really makes me so happy every
1: time right (laughs) and i I think people need to you know shift how we look at weeds especially with climate change right now yeah (laughs) these folks um, really focusing on invasive versus, you know, native. And it's something where it's just an indicator as to what's going on in the soil. And we have to stop this full chemical assault on these weeds when, when you have bare ground, it encourages future weed pressure. And then with glyphosate, even when you remove the negative health impacts out of out of the discussion it's failing as a tool and that yeah, is what we've been sharing with the weed scientists you know it has a tw- it can have up to a 22 year half-life in the soil it is creating herbicide resistance and now it's creating super weeds, which then gets these farmers stuck into a much more chemically dependent system so it we just all have to jump on this freaking whack the, you know, pesticide hamster wheel and stop playing pesticide whack-a-mole. I mean, it's just, you, we can't ban glyphosate-based products and go to glypho- glyphosate. That's Cheetah Pro. And that's what cities are doing. You know, yeah. so it doesn't equate to any improved safety for our, our kids in the parks. Like it's just going from one bare non-selective product to another bare non-selective yeah. product well
0: that's kind of like um the whole dupont situation and 3m and how they you know the water and how they just like started a new company and have the same chemical in a different form like or bpa and now it's like something else that they're but what you're doing is you're saying no more of this this is why it's bad and here's an organic way to manage it, and that's what's so incredible and you know and it sounds like non-toxic neighborhoods isn't just going to stop at that and you're going to go forward with um, talking about the other things that are bombarding our systems like you mentioned hopefully 5g and all the other things that we need to be aware of right Uh, is that
1: the case yes because i mean this just started by wanting to protect our our kids you know like we feel it should be a basic human right that our kids are protected from these pesticides. And then to find out that these organically maintained parks are now installing a technology that's never been um, tested for safety is just going from one delivery system of harm to another, you know? So, and that doesn't protect our children, you know, and it's, it's something where the FCC is so powerful um, and people always ask us about 5g and they always ask Zach about 5g and it's, The firefighters in California were able to get all of the tires removed from the fire stations because they were making them sick. And these are grown men, you know, like then women that are fully developed and were getting sick. But they're they're very powerful and they are able to get that done. And meanwhile they're popping up, you know, in our in our schools and in our city parks. So we do but at least with the pesticides, we have you know, we have a toolkit. Um, we have all of these solutions from new tech to your adorable goats that you've seen, you know, that yeah. and the tech is amazing. I mean we have solar powered weeding robots that, you know, report weed pressure in real time. They're self docking. It's just it's amazing, you know. So the goal is just to, you know, get all of the solutions to our land managers and cities. And, you know, it it gets the job done without anybody being in danger and, and these chemicals not, you know, harming our kids or ending up in our watershed.
0: Yeah, honestly, it's a no brainer. I I don't understand why it would even have to there has to be any pushback. So hopefully I can work with you on the city I live in. And, and I'm hoping more people listen to this and and contact you guys to get involved in their cities if they're not on board yet. Um, But I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to, to educate us and And I really like when I was reading your bio earlier, I was like tearing up because it's just such a big deal that you're doing this. And I just want to take a moment to really um, tell you how grateful I am. I really appreciate what you're doing.
1: You're so sweet, Nikki. We just we just need to be able to have the ability to protect our children until our regulatory system does. We have to, as parents, you know, work together on this. Exactly. It comes from the ground up.
0: So for those of you listening, take the lead, ban harmful pesticides in your community and Kim and non-toxic neighborhoods will work with you every step of the way. And I think you have a webinar that they can sign up for
1: as well. Yes, we have a webinar coming up. And again, you know, from Zach Bush to Bruce Landfair, Phil Land, again, our advisors are amazing and they'll work Regardless of where you're located, we will work to make sure that you have um, advisors supporting this effort where you live to get this done. And so your parks are as safe as ours. Newport's next, woman. (laughs) Yeah, I am not letting them off the hook. (laughs) If I'm going to live here,
0: who knows for how long, then I'm going to try my best for so many things, including like 5G and everything too. But I'm so excited to have you as someone that I can go to for support. So thank you for what you're doing. And um and if you guys don't already follow non toxic neighborhoods on Instagram, stay up to date. So many good things happening. I mean just really good news real every time you post I feel like. So thank (laughs) you.
1: Thanks, Nikki.